Hello everyone, Nicholas here. Um, today I think I will be discussing things that are both shallow and superficial in our cultures. And by our, I think I actually mainly mean the Swedish and American kindish of cultures. Naturally, this transcends both the Americas and the Nordics, as we have a huge presidency at hand. It is Donald Trump I am discussing, even though there is nothing new about him. Everything that is with him, his glibness, superficiality, his capitalistic thinking, oligarchic thinking, everything has been mentioned in the past decades ago and was um, heralded by people such as Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher, so those were 30 years ago. Although it was much, much earlier than that that things started going pear-shaped. Anyway, I read something about David Foster Wallace, who is one of my favorite authors ever, a few weeks ago. Uh, it was an article about him having expressed stuff, he, he kind of a warning of such about reality TV and how we didn't listen and so forth. But I think there's more to it than that. Uh, I think it has to do with escape and how we, um, how it kind of turns us into these superficial kinds of people, really. Um, Wallace was talking about the allure of both drugs and entertainment being escape. Uh, escaping your problems, pretending you're James Bond for a while, which is fine for the short haul, but as a way of life it doesn't work well, to paraphrase him slightly. People I've recently seen, uh, Donald Trump, distributing an animated GIF image of himself beating another person up, uh, that person has a CNN logo as a head. Um, this wouldn't even be fine if it weren't the president of the USA we were talking about. Um, in this instance, Donald Trump has made a lot of money by playing for the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, or... Um, for ages, and the fact is that one of his um, friends and cohorts on that network was called Vince McMahon, one of the leading persons on the WWF front for ages. His wife is currently the director of the Small Business Administration under Trump's government, so that's how nepotism works. Even though that's a slight uh, in comparison with people who are working with him currently, and those things turn other stuff on their head. Anyway, did you know that the guy who made the GIF file for Trump has also made an image file where he has depicted people who are employees of CNN with a day Star of David uh, next to them, where he indicates that they are Jewish. Now, if that's a problem or not, I won't even leave it up to someone else about to say that it's up to every single person to decide on, but it's really not. It's a major fucking problem, and the main issue with this is that it's kind of putting a superficial glibness to Nazism. And if you think Nazis are basically okay, if you think that right-wing extremism has pushed the envelope so much that even Nazis can be okay. They're, they're saying quite some some quite fair things now. 
they are not. Nazis should be... We should be against them and fighting them at every single level. And I'm talking on an intellectual level. Still, there are some frames around this which I'm going to be heading into. So we'll get into that soon enough. In a recent interview, Naomi Klein stated that the Grenfell Tower fire in London, which uh, occurred in June of 2017, was kind of a metaphor for the w what's going on. Uh, that a lot of money being spent on the superficiality, i.e. on the facade of the entire building, but nothing on what's actually inside, meaning both the innards that would have kept the flames from going higher and appearing at all, and also about the people inside. Um, as George Orwell's also called them, I, I do believe he's called um, the construct of people who live in third world countries, not meaning anything as non-people. This term is often used by American linguist and philosopher, a dissident as well, Noam Chomsky. <coughs> Sorry, with all right. I do believe that um, neoliberalism, which Klein, by the way, thinks is dying out together with austerity as these ideologies cannot simply live on because there aren't enough people left to um, to actually make them live on there's going to be some kind of revolu revolution sooner or later but um, as for now we live in it and we have to handle it to return to what david foster wallace was talking about he actually wrote a gigantic novel called infinite jest in this book he speaks at length about the about a future not too far away from ours and mind you this book was written in the 1990s and he was writing about how people were so glib and superficial that companies even had um, even were buying the rights to name the years so the year of the whopper was suddenly a reality in this book and that's the least of it he also imagined a lot of things because he ingested a lot of popular culture and was sure to to bring that to the forefront uh, i mean oftentimes when watching people like trump and i i in no sense of the word need mean to limit everything up to trump because he's just a superficial easy to blame character which we can see all across the globe. I mean, he, he handles his presidency as he handles his brand with not very much care, with a, with a very, with, with a high level of glibness and cynicism that allows for just using people uh, and populaces to his own advantage, to forwarding the, the Trump brand. During a press conference not too long ago, he spoke about his involvements with Russia and at the same time managed to make uh, to, to do a little commercial for the chocolate cake in one of his Trump Towers or was it Mar-a-Lago Mar luxury resort, something like that. But anyway, that's what he's about, furthering his own brand. So it's kind of like the reality series that we've seen even from the MTV advent of uh, the real world where people were locked up in a, in a house and kind of forced to co-interact and of course they weren't literally locked up but 
from that to the Jersey Shore to the Real Housewives and so on, trying to make people think that class mobility is still a thing, that it's actual, that it's real. And it, of course, it's not. If you're born poor, it's near impossible to make your riches in the world. All we see are these futile, few examples of that. I mean, even Trump didn't get his own riches. His father was wealthy, I mean, super wealthy. And it's that money which he's managed to get uh, forward from in life while trying to inject people with a sense of him having earned that money himself. Um, at the same time, he's, he's, he's furthering his brand. I mean, you see that everywhere in the world today. And remember people, in order to uh, be able to run a candidacy for presidency in the US, you need to have a lot of money behind you. Otherwise, you don't stand a chance in the commercials and everything you do. You have to have a lot of money. So think about what that means. Actually, I can't say it's hard to understand how come people are really ingested and invested in Donald Trump. It's easy to like superficiality. It's easy to like it when somebody hands you a simple solution for a really complex problem, such as poverty, such as equal rights, gender, racism, warfare, austerity. If someone like Trump, or in some instances, worse, politically speaking, jumps out from the shadows and presents their reality, then somebody else, even worse, pops up and shows their version. You suddenly think, that those who first showed up, well, they aren't that dangerous, they aren't that horrible, right? Well, they still are, just because somebody even worse pops up, I mean, that's our culture, right? People need to shock, need to bring everybody around to their level in order for them to keep buying, which is also why magazines such as the Daily Mail in the UK and the New York Post in the US keep on living and breathing. As we can see now, there are some really nasty right-wing organizations popping up everywhere. Where I live, in Sweden, we've had a party called Sverigedemokraterna, which is roughly translated to the Swedish Democrats. This party is firmly rooted in Nazism and racism. There's no two ways about it. If you just dig a little under the surface, all the way back to the 1990s, you will find evident traces of what was going on. The current party leader, Jimmy Åkesson, he actually joined the party at a time when it was extremely racist in its core. Now they're trying to appear much more cleaned up and such, but they're still a deeply rooted racist party. However, so people are voting for them because they think they can pose some simple solutions to hard and often complex problems. One of them being the myth that immigrants and uh, people are actually escaping death in their home countries, political refugees coming to Sweden costing a lot of money. Now, one of the most recent big studies of this was made approximately one and a half, two years ago in Gothenburg, the Gothenburg University, which showed that immigration and such cost Sweden approximately one to possibly two percent of the gross national product. 
Now, that money gets reinvested sooner or later when immigrants and so forth get jobs and start involving themselves economically when they can. Until then, it's our humanistic duty as fellow members of the fucking human race to get our heads around it and help those who are in need. To paraphrase the great Johnny Marr, uh, I used to think that simply caring about people wasn't enough. Yeah. So anyway, so what happened? Yeah, these people say that immigration results in Swedish uh, everything going down, that we're not making enough money, that we're, we, we're down in the dumps because of it. Thing is, that economic crime in Sweden result, results for about picks up about 15% of the gross, gross national product at least and that's probably a quite weak estimation as uh, performed well as um, studied by the Swedish economic authorities and the authorities against economic crime um, and 15% as compared with one or two and the one or two gets reinvested into society soon sooner or later uh, and and the Swedish Democrats don't even touch that subject because they know it would be akin to biting part of the hand that feeds them. Um, so, well, what does that say about people's willingness to find easy solution to complex problems? I spoke about that for about two minutes and it's obvious that I don't have a solution for the costs but Sweden is doing very well. Our unemployment rates are, I think, the lowest in Europe and people just uh, making more and more money and so forth but it's so important to always criticize these crazy nutty ideas that people come up with so and we have to do that together otherwise we don't stand a real chance speaking of uh, political solutions and so forth in Sweden we have once a year a gathering that is titled Almedalen it's not really translatable Almedalen is set on an island in the southern part of Sweden where the main political parties and also a few other parties turn up uh, and also it's become much more of a media storm and a chance for these people to get to party and well it's everything in politics so the big party leaders they have their speeches and so forth and Sverigedemokraterna as I previously mentioned which is currently probably Sweden's second biggest political party a right-wing racist party and they they kind of they had their limelight taken from them by a group that were allowed entry into Almedalen this group is named Enemarits NMR, it's the Nordic Resistance Movement. Well, that's my translation anyway. Nordiska Motståndsrörelsen. Um, their roots are Nazi at its cause. And they are still Nazi. They, they claim they're not. They, they uh, prefer to use the term National Socialists. Uh, what they want to um, is to throw out everyone from this country, from Sweden, uh, who are not Northern European in descent. They also want to uh, prosecute journalists who have anything to say that could be uh, treachery against the people, my term. It's uh, Folkföräderi, which sounds even more German, and that's because it is. Die Folk, the people, is a term that NSDAP, the National Socialist Movement, that later became the Nazi Party, liked to use a lot during their 
uh, ascendance into German everyday politics in the 1920s and 30s. The most brilliant part about this is that NMR are embracing this completely. Uh, they do some marches. They, I think the membership list is so close to a thousand people. Uh, last Friday, three former members, of which one was part of the leader group of NMR, one of the uh, fighting groups, I think they, they called it, Kampgrupper in Swedish. Um, he was. Um, these three people were jailed for having uh, bombed a building where refugees were situated. Uh, they also they managed to um, not to kill someone, but to provo provide. I think the word was with uh, one of these people, um, a person with life-threatening injuries. Uh, the, another interesting anecdote is that the Turner Diaries was found, a copy of the Turner Diaries was found uh, at the homes of each and every one of these three individuals. Uh, that book was called A Handbook in Terrorism by the FBI. It's about a guy uh, performing some acts on, on his own completely uh, against people who were not of the same color as him, who wanted to uh, make, who wanted to keep the white race afloat and so on, just a bunch of racist idiot ideas. Also, uh, that book was owned by Anders Bering Breivik, uh, who is now, I believe, known as Fjutolf or something like that, uh, the Norwegian guy who killed a lot of innocent young people at Utøya, and also uh, by some other racistic insane terrorists, which I know it's not popular to call white men terrorists. It's uh, much more easy and appropriate but for some to assign that word to people who do not come from the north of Europe, who also happen to be Muslims. But these are terrorists, make no mistake about it. A while back, a guy entered a Swedish school in a mask with a sword and killed people and he did that on completely racist terms. On the other hand, Swedish laws are not really easy to use to to apply the uh, terrorism brand to someone, so I can firmly understand that, but he was still a terrorist in the wide sense of the word, so that's where we're at. And the NMR are growing and they're still making threats to journalists, to regular, to commonplace people and anyone who really uh, interferes with their view of the world. To end things, do I think that I can provide any calm and easy solutions to all of these difficult, complex and often complicated problems? Answer is, of course, no. Um, so what is the solution then? I mean, people crave easy solutions. So if somebody says, I can solve this and another says, oh, well, you can't. They want to hear an answer to what they can expect. Well, I'm not here to provide any solutions, but critical thinking. I'm not a negativist, I'm actually a, an optimist. Uh, what I am saying is that we have to keep an open mind and constantly be critical. Be quite, kind of existentialistic in nature, as Sarah Bakewell would put it. Also, if you're into that stuff, and even if you don't have any clue of what I'm talking about when I say existentialistic, check out Sarah Bakewell's 
book called At the Existentialist Career. It's fucking mind-blowing. Anyway, what I was about to say is when people try to say that they have easy solutions to complex and complicated problems, examine those and find out if they have any ulterior motives. And But mainly, do these problems have any kind of solutions where somebody gets, uh, like, which somebody suffers from? If the answer is yes, then that needs to be investigated further. I mean, in your own head at least, and say no to people who come and offer these easy solutions. Like, and, 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 and also, at every level of life, try to stomp out the idiocies that are racism, ignorance, and try to help each other, try to be constructive, try not to say perhaps that your view is the best. I mean, obviously, I can be completely wrong, which I often, often am, but I have to take that in and I need to do that in order to become a better person. So I think that's up to all of us. Uh, so uh, together we can do something a lot better, but it's safe to say that even if a fucking disastrous option is the only option, we don't need to go with that. We can create something new together. People want to help each other. Just look at what happens when, uh, when there are disasters, when there are floods, famines and so forth. People do come out and offer their help. Uh, this is not often controlled or uh, reported in the mainstream media, but do you know what? They want to make money. So they offer easy clicks and that's what the, their advertisers pay them for. So if you see some kind of post saying, oh, you can't guess what happened next, they want you to click in order to make more money. So perhaps search for, all, for other alternative medias that don't offer the same kind of glib, stupid news all over. I'm not saying that stupid is, is bad, it's not. I love stuff like the Ramones, I can even watch the fucking Kardashians just to relax and to, to laugh at their insanity and, and their riches. I mean, capitalism. Um, but when it comes down to making choices where other people may have to suffer because of the consequences and not just you, we need to think about that for the climate, for everyone. Thank you. See you next time.